Today on Locked On Canadians, were sports a mistake? <laughs> and that's coming up. And we're going to talk about the Canadians preseason and our thoughts on the All or Nothing Leaf series on today's episode of Locked On Canadians. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 461 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Fantrax. Fantrax is free. NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free at Fantrax.com slash locked on. And on to the hockey talk. My name is Laura Sabah. I'm one of your hosts. You might know me as the Active Stick. And you'll know my wonderful co-host, Scott Matla from Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, the preseason game that we just watched between the Canadians and the Leafs did not seem too encouraging, but let's read between the lines. Obviously, there's a lot going on there. All is not lost on the basis of one preseason game. Rapid thoughts. It it was terrible. Uh, Toronto being at home. (laughs) Line matched Mitch Marner and John Tavares against AHL players and guys who are not going to be on the opening night roster. And we got the result we were kind of expecting here. It was, I don't want to say men against boys, but it was, it was ugly across the board. It it was a very rough debut. That wasn't his fault for Samuel Montembeau. And it's unfortunate. It is. No, it absolutely is. But, He played really well. If you look at the number of goals he allowed, it looks terrible, but he played really, really, really well. And the thing is, it's exactly like you said. I saw a Leafs fan who shall remain nameless because I don't want all of you piling on what a terrible uh, tweet this was, talking about how, man, the Habs suck. And I just want to say, if you put Mitch Marner, one of the, what, like the top five forwards in the NHL, against some guys who aren't even going to be on the opening night roster. Obviously they're going to skate circles around the Canadians. The Habs didn't help themselves very much with their um, inability to play defense at all. And we're going to talk about that, I think in our second segment, but um, at the end of the day, the AHLers were, I guess they were getting a lot of looks. And I think Right now, if you're looking at, you know, Samuel Montembeau in a vacuum as a waiver pickup, I think based on tonight's game, obviously it's only one game. The guy's got the athleticism and the reflexes, the, the kind the kind the Canadians need. Uh, and uh, I think another thing that we need to talk about, and I actually post, posed this question on my personal Twitter account, and I got a lot of, it seems like consensus, to be honest, like not a lot of people were in agreement with me that Ryan Paling is just not taking advantage of his opportunity. A lot of people just think that he's going to be a very good AHLer and he's not destined to become an NHLer at all. So I want your thoughts on this, Scott, because we did talk about him earlier this week. We did say he had one bad game, one good game. Uh, and now I think it seems like the Canadians fans are kind of ascribing that good game that he had just to luck and that you know his ceiling is going to be a very good AHLer. It's a tough game we're actually talking about this in the eyes on the prize chat is that like I think 
people expected more prominence from Ryan Paling in this preseason, and they haven't gotten it. We know the top two spots are locked in between Christian Dvorak and Nick Suzuki. That was never up for contention, but we haven't seen Paling really kind of establish his own role as a NHL player. I If he's playing fourth line minutes and you don't notice your fourth line center, that's all well and good. But for the amount that he played so well in the AHL last year and people saw that and I know that everyone knows or should know that that four goal game is not what he is but they saw a more steady version of him in the AHL and we haven't seen that in the preseason and I know it's different wingers it's NHL competition it's tougher minutes he isn't playing poorly in his responsibilities it's just I don't think people are seeing him stand out in a way that like screams, this was our first round pick. This is a guy who was guaranteed to be an NHL or a third line center in the NHL. And we're not seeing that right now. Of course, the entire team was not good tonight. So it's hard to pin that just on Ryan Paling, but you're hoping for more from someone where there were a lot of expectations for him. That's exactly it. I think the thing is he set the expectations himself. Uh, And I think that that's something that we do need to remember uh, and take into account. He had a phenomenal debut in the NHL and he kept challenging. He was constantly on the cusp of making the team. And that's one of the points that I brought up. It's like he was always on the verge of making the team and he just never did. He got his roster spot stolen and now he isn't he. I think he's just, it's exactly like you said a couple of episodes ago, he's in the conversation just by default because there's nobody else in pocket is injured. And that's something that he's going to have to overcome. I'm not ready right now to 100% give up on him like a lot of Canadians fans have, but I have to say that he hasn't done much in the last couple of seasons to make me think any different than they are. I just think that a little bit more time, I would like to see a little bit more from him before I call it, but I do think that he's not taking full advantage of the opportunity that he's been given. And I want to see more from him. I I was going to say, that's my biggest thing is that this was a moment to seize it and establish who he is as a player. And we just didn't get that. It feels like a letdown because that was one of the storylines heading into this preseason. We looked at, you know, Caden Gooley and Matthias Norlinder, the arrival of Sammy Niku and injuries have cut that kind of short. And can Ryan Paling establish himself? And right now he's fine, but he's not where he needs to be. It's It feels like a letdown, even if he's fine for what he's doing, but it's just not, it feels like it's empty. It's a hollow victory, I guess. Right. And so I, I think, you know, there's going to be a couple of opportunities. There's still one more preseason game if he doesn't get cut. Obviously, with the uh, Canadian center depth being so thin right now, he's going to be needed just by default. He's got some more opportunities, and I would really like to see him rise to the challenge. Uh, but in the meantime, speaking of rising to the challenge, the Canadians right now, let's talk about where they stand as we head into the regular season starting. Uh, it's not as dire as a couple of preseason games show, but the Canadians have a lot of questions that they're going to need to ask themselves uh, as we head into opening night roster and the decisions that are going to be made. So at this point, we're going to talk about, I think, just the team overall and defense. We're going to focus in on defense, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day to day. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business 
So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integration and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. For more than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, fans, fantasy hockey season is fast approaching, and I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy hockey platform in the industry. It's Fantrax. Fantrax's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. This is where I host all of my fantasy leagues, and as a commissioner of some, I can tell you I'm never leaving Fantrax. Sign up for free today, and as a special offer for Locked On Canadians fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Locked On and sign up today. Have you been hosting your season-long leagues on another platform? No problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues for free and customize if needed. Fantrax is the most customizable platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. If you've had leagues on Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to create your fantasy league exactly the way you want. Do you want more player position eligibility? Are you a fan of head-to-head leagues, points, roto, category, best ball? Fantrax has it all. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports offering hockey, football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and NASCAR. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it the permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Again, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And today we're going to be taking stock of where the Canadians are at as we head into the regular season. And based on the preseason game that we watched tonight, the night that we're recording this, the defense wasn't very encouraging. Obviously, the Canadians allowed a lot of goals, but that really wasn't the goaltender's fault. And the most glaring absence, obviously, Uh, in tonight's game was the lack of Jeff Petrie anywhere. I think Jeff Petrie is going to anchor the defense um, for this season. And I do think that it's going to be a lot for him to shoulder. And he's going to be one of those players, like we used to talk about Markov this way as well. If he has a bad night, the whole team has a bad night. If he has a good night, the whole team has a good night. So I think that right now, 
I want to look at the Canadians, take a look at like how they're doing as we head into the regular season and say, you know, like, is this like, what's the season going to look like? We've talked all season, all off season long about how they're going to be a bubble team. But now is the situation more dire than we think? It's so difficult because you can tell there are guys who are locks for the roster and are just kind of they're there, but they're not there, there. Like Ben Sherratt's kind of taking it easy out there, it looks like. And I'm not saying he's not trying, but he's not trying, trying, or he'd be cross-checking dudes in the face like he normally does. But the team is very lacking in that puck-moving department, something we've talked about all offseason. When the, when Jeff Petrie's back there, the offense looks like it's running so much smoother in transition and out of their own end. I think Alexander Romanov has had some good moments, and I think Chris Weidman has had some good moments, but they cannot carry a pairing yet. And unfortunately, they're without Sammy Niku, who is out with a concussion, and he's one of those guys that they brought in to maybe be one of those puck-moving pieces. It's a really unfair situation for them to be in right now. So th- they got to figure that out, and that means figuring out what pairings are going to work. We should see a closer to complete NHL roster on Thursday night. I don't quite know what players are going to be in the lineup. If they're going to go, Hayers are almost opening night lineup minus goalies or a starting defenseman or something. But if they roll it out and the defense is playing like it did against Toronto, when they've been on the road, it's going to be a long season. You can't get out shot 32 to seven in less than 25 minutes and hope to win a game. It's just not a feasible thing. And Toronto didn't have Austin Matthews and is playing with a put together or a mostly full lineup, but is still missing the most dangerous goal scorer in the NHL. Like it, it's it looks worse than it is because we don't know what it is quite yet. We don't know what their full lineup looks like. Is Caden Gooley in their lineup? Is Matthias Norlinder gonna get an NHL look and alleviate some of that? There's so many questions because we haven't seen them put together an actual starting roster yet. And it's it, it's disappointing. You have six games. You might as well try and run out as much of a full roster as you can and figure out what's working. But we're getting these mixed pieces right now. And you can tell when the uh, the Petri-less defensive unit is out there playing in a game. Right. And I also think that, you know, obviously there's going to be 82 games in this season, but the Canadians... Um, they can't afford to drop games. If you're going to be a bubble team, if you're going to be chasing a wild card spot, you cannot afford to drop games. The Canadians are going to have a maximum of like what, 10 games to figure it out once the regular season starts. And unfortunately, some of their best players are still, or people who are expected to be their best players are still going to be out with an injury uh, at this point. Like we are forgetting that Paul Byron is not there. Um, that Mike Hoffman is not there. And I think, you know, Cole Caulfield isn't in the lineup right now. I think that overall, I, I feel a lot more confident about the forwards than I do the defense, obviously. But I also think that, you know, what I want to see, to be honest, once the season starts is I want to see the Canadians intelligently using the tools at their disposal, somebody like a Brett Kulak. I I think even Edmondson, you know, we we talked a lot about what a bad signing that was before it was, but in the last season and in the playoffs, he really stepped up and proved to be a good partner, depending on the situation that he's in. I don't think that they should over-rely on Ben Sherratt, which unfortunately, it's not just the Canadians that have that kind of philosophy where they would rely on a a stay-at-home defenseman or somebody who's a big, bruising guy. A lot of teams in the NHL would do that. 
that. But as you point out, Scott, they need mobility. They need to be able to move the puck. And, you know, it's all well and good to say somebody like David Savard is, is reliable. David Savard, not <laughs> not Savard, is reliable. And that's great. But we don't need reliable. We need mobile. And that's something that the Canadians are going to have to work out. It honestly, I'm not, I'm not too worried because it's like you said, right? Like the guys who know that they've got a roster spot, they're just basically trying to avoid groin injuries at this point. And the people who are fighting for a roster spot, they weren't going to make it anyway. Um, And so I just, I want to see in the first 10 games, I want to see the Canadians have a comprehensive plan for their defense. As we wait for the injured forwards to come back, as we wait for Carey Price to come back, that's what I want to see. I want to see a plan, a vision, something where you see that they've thought out people's roles and that they're using them intelligently. Like for me, that's the key. And, And that's the biggest thing. It goes back to what I was saying is that I want to know what does this what does the best defensive unit look like? You know, okay, we have the bottom pair kind of figured out that Chris Weidman is on it with whomever, but who is Jeff Petrie playing with? Joel Edmondson might not be ready for the opener. Eric Engels has said he's not getting worse, but he's not getting better from whatever injury is bothering him. If he can't go, who do you play? Who is Alexander Romanov playing with? Is, there's a lot of just question marks surrounding it. And I feel, I thought by now we'd have it kind of sussed out and know what's who's where kind of like we did with the forwards, but we don't know on defense. And it's such an unknown that it frightens me a little bit to think of what that Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau and eventually Carey Price can be behind a defense that we don't know what it looks like yet. It's uh, I'm hoping that this is just guys kind of taking it easy. And this isn't what the actual defensive structure looks like in the regular season, because if it is, uh, it's going to be a real long, long season. It's a full 82 games, and if they look like this game did, it's it's going to be a real rough watch for a while. I think one thing that we do have to also keep in mind is during the playoffs last year, the Canadians' defensive coaches and or the coach, obviously Luke Richardson, and the defensemen themselves kind of got into this pattern and this rhythm where everybody had a specific role to play, and they played it really well. And I think that that's going to be a mitigating factor. It doesn't make up for the lack of mobility, obviously, but it does kind of help that if you have a thought out strategy and and everybody's buying in and playing the role that they're expected to play, they are going to get the best out of whatever defense is in fact there. I just personally feel that I just want to see more mobility. And I think the only way the Canadians are going to get it really is by playing the guys that they have now in different spots. Like, I mean, Brett Kulak, Romanov, those guys, all of that. So I, I'm not, I'm not ready to be worried yet. I think that there's a good, there's a good, you know, like I said, 10, 12 games. We'll see like if they, if they're, if they're thinking, if they've got a vision, if they've got some sort of direction that they're going in, then I'm going to think, you know, I'm going to feel a lot better about this team. But at the end of the day, if the defense is abjectly awful, then maybe the Canadians will get a lottery pick next year. Like I'm not, I'm not ready to be pessimistic at all. And speaking of pessimistic, uh, a lot of our listeners asked for our thoughts on the all or nothing Toronto Maple Leaf series that's currently airing on Amazon. I watched the entire thing over the weekend and I am ready to share my thoughts in just one 
moment. But first, if you've listened to this podcast ever, <laughs> you will know that we are fueled by Built Bar. We love Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's got 18 delicious flavors plus limited edition flavors. And right now, like right, right now, immediately after you listen to this, if you go to built.com, you'll find out that the limited edition churro puffs are back. It's a bar. It's covered with real chocolate. It tastes like a churro flavored marshmallow inside. It's delicious. It's actually my favorite thing that they've made and it's on right now. But in case you don't get to it in time, there's still 18 delicious flavors. All of them are made with real chocolate. All of them are low in sugar, low in calorie, high in protein. You'll get the energy. It's like a treat. You'll love it. So go to built.com and enter promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive that bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So we had a number of listeners ask us if we had watched the all or nothing Toronto Maple Leaf series series and uh, what our thoughts were on it. And I watched the whole thing. I binged it all on Saturday. If you live in Montreal, you'll know Saturday was supposed to be a nice day. And then it was gray and rainy and ugh. So I literally watched five episodes in a row of that. I think I got up once the entire time. And I had some thoughts. Scott, I'm sure that you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, right? I have not. It's been, today is, well, Tuesday when we're recording, this has been my first day off since last Wednesday. Uh, it has been very busy as our store redoes my beer shop and with the Bills home game and everything else. Uh, I have not had a chance to sit down and watch it. I know how it ends, though, which is pretty great. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, Toronto blew a 3-1 series lead to the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs, and it was hilarious. I it It is queued up to watch at some point. It's just a matter of finding enough time to sit down and actually watch it. And I haven't had the time for it or the energy to do so, quite honestly. it's It's been tough. I've heard it's been very good, but it is very funny since everyone knows how it ends. So it's like all positive, but we're going to get a, a crushing defeat in the end. So I guess it makes it all worth it. Yeah. So, I mean, here are my thoughts. Okay. So the whole time that I watched it, I thought the production was really good. Somebody pointed out that the on-ice production was better with the... Um, with the 24-7 series that they had before, the HBO series, uh, which is true. I think part of it was the fact that 
the crew might not have had the license for a lot of the stuff like the the when they were filming on the ice or what they had I, I don't know about the agreements and how that went there so a lot of the players were mic'd up though so there were parts where you could hear them there's a lot of mic'd up uh, during training and stuff like that so you did get a lot of a sense of how things work with the Toronto Maple Leafs and I kept wishing that I wasn't a Habs fan because when I was watching this, not in general, (laughs) um, because I thought that the series did a really good job of showing just enough of the players to make them seem interesting and to give them a little bit of a depth. But the production was good enough that it kind of made you forget that hockey players are just the most boring people ever. And it wasn't just the hockey players, it was the coaches and stuff too. So that part of it, like I kept wishing that I was a neutral fan because I thought I, I could get into the players more a little bit like that. But I did like the music. I, I liked production value. I thought that they did a really good job of keeping it hockey focused, but giving a little bit of a personal side. So, I mean, obviously some of these are very like, they weren't necessarily scripted, but clearly like engineered as such. Like there's this one point where uh, John Tavares is in the park with his wife and two kids. And she asks him how was practice. And he says, you know, like the coach has me playing on a line with whoever and whoever, I can't remember at the time who it was. Um, And it seems very, very contrived, right? Like it's, it's very much like that, but then there's a couple of things where, you know, like the, the whole um, Jack Campbell series, the, 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 um, the record that he broke and all of that. So there were like some compelling storylines in there, but the whole time you were watching that, knowing that they were taping this and they were recording this and they got this, unfettered access like there were meetings with Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe in there that you you know you heard them talking about the players and stuff like that you're like I can't believe I'm getting this access like the criticisms there's a meeting at some point I'm not spoiling this because they show it at the very very beginning of the 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 show to like uh, coming up during the series is like a meeting between Marner and, and and Kyle Dubas there is really um like a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you learn from that but the whole time they're holding the themselves to this excellence standard and you know what's coming and to me as a have fan I could not look away you know they they have this thing that they say in the first episode and then later on as well they say like Stanley Cup habits you know we're just going to implement Stanley Cup habits and stuff like that and there's like stuff going on and in your head you're like well, this is a good philosophy to have but it ends so badly that it feels like a joke and so I think as a Habs fan, personally, I enjoyed it. I would not have enjoyed it as much had it not been the Canadians that uh, were at the end engineering that uh, that that defeat at the end. Um, they don't show a lot of the aftermath of that, which is like, to me, that was the disappointing thing. Like it shows it as it happens and it's nicely dramatic. And you hear some of the things that they say before after those games when um there you know the moment where let's say Cole Caulfield scores the moment Kat Kanyemi scores in overtime like all of those things you hear that kind of stuff you hear them on the bench you see their face you see like things like that but in the aftermath they do obviously obviously show an extremely distraught Jack Campbell they show they, they show like a shell-shocked uh Austin Matthews Mitch Marner that kind of stuff like 
it was good that you could you could see in the locker room after that game like for me that was that was good but it didn't show much of the aftermath it didn't show much of the conversations between Shanahan and Dubas after that or anything like that stuff that I would have liked to see so to me that part of it was a bit uh, unsatisfactory, but for overall, honestly, like I think it's worth a watch, and especially as Habs fans, because you watch them build themselves up. They talk about excellence. They talk about holding themselves to standards, and then at the end, that spectacular downfall, you know it's coming, and it's so satisfying. But if you're not a Habs fan, I don't know why. Obviously, thank you for listening if you're not a Habs fan and you're listening to this. If you're a Leafs fan, I think it's it shows you a side to the players that hopefully humanizes them uh to you a little bit more especially if you're still mad at them for what happened but if you're a neutral fan like honestly i think it's pretty good production to be honest i like the music that they did i like the scenes some of it seemed a little bit long like there might have been too much in some episodes but i i don't know i really really enjoyed it the one thing i will say that really shocked me was that mitch marner is so much more normal than anyone thinks he is. Like he looks like he's kind of a little freak and you hear about, you know, that he's a crybaby or that like he refuses to play on the power play or whatever it is that he was saying. You hear all those rumors about what a diva he is or anything like that. And on the show, he does not look like that at all. He literally, he seems like a chill hockey player. He seems so normal. And that to me was the most shocking thing out of the whole, out of the whole thing. I don't want to like any of these people because like, Oh, you don't, don't worry. (laughs) I I refuse to stop Scott posting on Twitter. Like I know Jack Campbell talks about like red lobster, which like, dude, you live in Toronto. Are you kidding me? You have how many better places to go to, but like, it's okay. There's this one point I'm spoiling this part for you. There's this one point where they talk about how their coffee snobs and he goes, like, yeah, I don't get it. I just go to Tim Hortons. And so, like, that is Jack Campbell in a nutshell. So it's not shocking. Uh, God. <laughs> and- <laughs> I don't want to like any of these people. Like, oh, you I'm won't, a coffee though. snob. Like, that's the thing. Uh. You won't. You won't. Like, <laughs> like, even when you see them distraught after they lose, like, I didn't start liking any of them. But I did think that Mitch Marner was going to be, like, a diva and, like, really annoying and whiny and anything. He just, he seems really, like, like a chill hockey player kind of guy. But, no, you don't end up liking any of them. Yeah, it, it's, I, I am very excited to watch it, but I'm also going to watch it and be, like, sarcastic the entire time. When you talk about Stanley Cup habits and I kind of go, well, well, at the same time, like, Y'all, y'all blew a three-one series lead. Where, where are your Stanley Cup habits when it's the Stanley Cup playoffs? You know, like I, I feel like you said, knowing that the Canadians are at the end of this is going to make it a much more fun watch than it's meant to be. Like I know it's supposed to be like dramatic and in depth, but I'm like, this is just a dark comedy because I know it all ends in tragedy for them. So like. Uh, I, I am very interested to watch this because I know a lot of people have said it's very good and that comes from a lot of people I trust, including yourself, but I need the time to sit down and watch that and then I will be able to give my full review when I've actually managed to do so. Yeah, if you have the chance to watch it, I definitely say watch it and don't worry, like even though it does do a good job of giving these players depth, like you never forget that they're Toronto Maple Leafs and you never Like, there's no point where you feel bad about what happened to them. There's no point where, you know, like you see them and you're like, oh, he seems like a cool guy in real life. But like, you know, screw him. He's a Toronto Maple Leaf. There's really no, you know, like there's some points where it's 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 like we were talking about with the Stanley Cup habits. 
they sound laughable at the end of the day, but then there are some points where it's like, it's really, truly like you're watching Kyle Dubas and, and, and Sheldon Keefe have a conversation or, um, you know, there's some points with Dave Haxtell and, and Paul McLean and like you see these conversations. And to me, it's really interesting the way they think, like they have like, you know, there's this one point where um, th- there's a conversation between Sheldon Keefe and the goalie coach. And you're like, wow, like, you know, that, that got a bit heated that got a bit heated. And I, that's the part that I liked because you know that a lot of hockey organizations are like that, whether they're more dysfunctional, that might be the case, but like, you know, you, you can see how coaches talk. You can see how the general manager factors into conversations. You can see how it goes. And so that's the part I appreciated. I would have appreciated it about any hockey team, I liked that access, but like I said, the whole time I was like, if I was not a Hams fan, like I would have liked these guys more. I would have like felt more of a, like I I would have related to them more, but as a Habs fan, it's just, it feels so good. (laughs) And you watch them and then you watch them and you're like, they're like the the number one in the league. They're the number one in the league. It's like, Ooh, they're competing with Edmonton. Ooh, they've left Edmonton behind. Ooh. And then you, the whole time, you know, what's going to happen even after like when when the they go up three one in the series and they have that conversation like it's a thrill like because you know exactly what's gonna happen you see that like smugness and that like feeling good about themselves and you're like oh I'm so excited about this so like when you're watching it through the lens of a Habs fan like honestly I I just think it's worth it if you could get your hands on it and that is the only nice thing that I'm gonna say about the Toronto Maple Leafs for the rest of my life well, I will hold you to that. If you compliment <laughs> them at any point in time, I will be putting out a post for a new co-host. <laughs> yeah, it's about time that you get a chance to, to you know, threaten to fire me too. Uh, and in the meantime, we have a very exciting episode for you tomorrow. We have got a hockey historian and somebody who's written actual hockey books coming on to talk about all kinds of cool hockey history, including Montreal Canadian stuff. And that's coming up tomorrow. Please subscribe to this podcast or follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at the active stick. If you'd like to email us locked on Canadians at gmail.com. And if you liked this podcast, check out locked on fantasy hockey with the amazing scott cullen that should be your second listen of the day every day because he's got the best hockey fantasy advice thank you so much for listening be sure to tune in tomorrow